Welcome to the Anchor Podcast. I'm Jeremy Berg, a pastor, professor, and writer, and this is where I try to offer some Jesus-shaped wisdom and biblical perspectives to help keep us anchored in Christ and His vision for a better world. You'll find many more resources at the Kingdom Harbor website at jeremyberg.org. Now let's drop anchor and get into today's episode. Hey, it's Pastor Jeremy, and we're digging back into my Life Versus series. And these are scriptures that have radically shaped my life and altered the direction of uh, my walk. And today, I want to talk about one of the most memorable moments I've ever had with scripture. It was during morning devotions. I even know the exact date in this case. It was July 20th, 2010. See, I was seeking God more desperately than other than ever before because this was uh, that strange, uncertain time between being approved to plant a new church in April and when we actually began the process of planting, which was not till July, August. So during these few months, I was unemployed. I was delivering newspapers by night and just spending way too much time dreaming about the idea of Main Street Covenant Church by day. I'm not going to try to improve upon what I wrote about that powerful encounter with God's Word that day. I'm going to read from my journal as I wrote uh, some 11 years ago. But let me just preface it with this. Uh, One of the most powerful ways to read Scripture is to find yourself within the text, or in this case, to find yourself um, in some way the fulfillment of a text. Now, there's a huge danger in applying prophecy to your personal life because the original text was um, fulfilled in um, Isaiah or the nation of Israel or in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul would see himself in this role that I'm going to talk about in this text today. And we're talking about Isaiah 49, 1 through 6. So let's dive in. July 20th, 2010. The Lord still calls loyal servants to accomplish tasks far too great if he didn't give us the power. This morning I went to the lakeside, perched myself on the rocks, and I opened my Bible for my morning devotions. As I stared out at the islands and distant shores of Lake Minnetonka, I recalled Isaiah once declaring, Hear this, you distant shores. So I turned to Isaiah 49, where the Lord gave me the following passage to remind me of my own special call. In its original context, the one speaking in in the Isaiah passage below is God's chosen servant, Israel. In hindsight, Christians look back and see that it was not Israel that would end up bringing light to the nations ultimately, but rather Jesus, who is the true Israelite. But we can go a step further. By virtue of being in Christ, I think all believers are now, in a certain sense, the renewed and redeemed chosen people, the servants of God. Well, this morning, 
as I think about my own call to be one of God's chosen servants to reach this particular community of Mound, Minnesota with the good news, I've personalized this passage for my exciting yet daunting task ahead in this city. I have inserted and replaced certain words in brackets to personalize it. Here are my words clarifying my identity as a chosen servant of God and the Lord's charge to me. Isaiah 49. Listen to me, you islands. Hear this, you distant shores. Before I was born, the Lord called me. From my birth, he has made mention of my name. He made my mouth like a sharpened sword. In the shadow of his hand, he hid me. He made me into a polished arrow and concealed me in his quiver. He said to me, You are my servant, Jeremy, in whom I will display my splendor. But I said, I've labored for no purpose. I have spent my strength in vain and for nothing. Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand, and my reward is with my God. And now the Lord says, He who formed me in the womb to be his servant, to bring God's faithful in this city back to him, and to gather his people to himself. For I am honored in the eyes of the Lord, and my God has been my strength. He says, it is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore the church in Mound, Minnesota, and bring back God's faithful people I have kept. I will also make you a light for the unbelievers, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the town. All right, friends, a few things stand out. And this is, again, reading from my journal from 11 years ago. First, I am called. So are you. God has called us all to live our lives in service to him. Your calling may be to the corporate world, the mission field, parenting, or the classroom. But God knew you before you were born and has a purpose for your life. And that's an encouraging word. Second, the Lord prepares us to do the work he has for us. When we're ready for the task, we become like arrows in God's quiver, ready to hit the target he set out for us. For pastors and prophets, this preparation always involves having God's word in our mouths and ready to proclaim the gospel to those who've never heard. I don't know how sharp my preaching and teaching skills are right now, but as they say, God doesn't call the equipped so much as he equips the called. Third, I was struck deeply by the third paragraph about the fear of laboring for nothing. The Apostle Paul often worried that he might end up, quote, laboring in vain. You see, here's the story. I labored long and hard in Mound back in the years 2003 to 2007, doing many jobs I didn't enjoy, working in the public schools, and working hard to launch the revolution ministry. Well, for various reasons, I had to walk away from that ministry. It was like burying a child I had nurtured from infancy and who was just beginning to blossom. My words echoed 
servant who feared, quote, I've labored for no purpose. I've spent my strength in vain and for nothing. But God, you see, is faithful to those who faithfully follow him. I've have had to trust that I will be rewarded for my faithfulness to God and back then in his perfect way and his perfect timing. And as this passage says, quote, Yet what is due me is in the Lord's hand. My reward is with God. Oh, how much misery we put ourselves through trying to seek the reward of others' affirmation and applause. Like Paul I need to ask the basic question about my call to ministry. Am I now trying to win the approval of human beings or of God? Or am I trying to please people? If I were still trying to please people, I would not be a servant of Christ. Galatians 1.10 Fourth, verses 5 and 6 are simply God's high calling to all of us who claim to follow Christ. These verses have been called the Great Commission of the Old Testament. They are kind of our marching orders, our highest aim, our lofty calling, our exciting privilege, our magnificent mission. My heart breaks for this city because so many of God's faithful have been scattered and have fled in all four directions seeking healthy, vibrant churches outside the city walls. But the vision the Lord has laid on my heart, remember this is back in 2010, at the beginning of planting, the vision the Lord has laid on my heart is to go out and gather some of these families back to this city to plant a new community that brings renewed spiritual vitality and missional fervor to the heart of this city. Walking the streets of this town under the stars each night, I pray for guidance and direction. I have heard his voice saying to me, It is too small a thing for you to be my servant to restore just the church in mound and bring back God's scattered people I have kept. I will also make you a light for unbelievers, Jeremy, that you may bring my salvation to the ends of the town. So friends, dipping back out of my journal and back into 2021, what a scripture this was. What a moment when I, in the crucible of doubt and excitement about being called to plant a, a church out of nothing, with no sending church, with no funding, with just a big vision and a burden for my hometown, God spoke to me through Isaiah that summer morning. And he speaks to all of us as we read his scripture and ponder the words and gives fresh application to things that have been fulfilled initially long ago. Well, I can tell you, God was faithful. I stepped forward. God gathered his people. A congregation was born in 2011, going public in 2012 long year and a half, but Main Street Covenant Church was born. And here I am, 11 years later, testifying to God's goodness. 
And here I am speaking to you on the Anchor Podcast from the Kingdom Harbor, which is itself an outgrowth of this burden to be a light to unbelievers, to shine the light of Christ out to the distant islands, out my window right now here on Lake Minnetonka. So thanks for dropping Anchor with us today on another edition of the Anchor Podcast. And may you find yourself inside the plot of God's unfolding scriptural story. We'll see you next time.